absolutely amazing. Our God reigns and his kingdom is here. If you weren't the deeper last time on last week, I'd say make sure you're there next time. The presence of God was so incredible. The feeling of him breaking out and healing through the worship. Nobody laid hands on Leanne. The father knew what she needed and he ministered to her there at that point and he was glorified. And it's amazing I got that text from her um, about the hospital, about the consultant while I was in work. And for those of you who know that, don't know what I work in, I work in the, the uh, postgraduate deanery where all the doctors and dentists and all train. And in my office, I'm kind of quite automated, as you can probably guess. And I read the text and I went, oh, no way. So of course that got the curiosity of all the people in my office. And uh, then I proceeded to tell them the story. And they were amazed and dumbfounded. Two non-Christians. I went, really? Does God do that? And I had the pleasure of going, yes, my God does that. Amazing. And for the past lot of weeks, Paul has been looking at um, the kingdom, the kingdom here on earth, the kingdom now. Um, and he's looked at different things like, what does the kingdom of God look like? What were Jesus' teaching on the kingdom of God? And we looked at the kingdom now and the kingdom not yet, which I thought he did fabulously, actually, because it can be quite a difficult thing to grasp on. Today, I want to have a, a, spend a bit of time on looking and explore about God's whispers, hence my PowerPoint behind me. Now, have you ever really thought about whispers? They can get you into dreadful trouble, can't they? Did you ever whisper or mutter something under your breath, wishing that the person didn't hear it? But what seems to happen is that person's hearing seems inertly to just be tuned into that tiny whisper that you mumbled under your breath in frustration and in anger, and they seem to hear it. Of course, it doesn't happen to me because I never mumble things under my breath to my darling husband. <laughs> but it does happen, doesn't it? And yet, as a mom... I could stand in the house and I could let the biggest golder and yell out of me, get your rooms cleaned, come and set the table, come and do this. And it just seems to very strangely be that nobody hears me. <laughs> Selective hearing. So today, when we think about the kingdom, I want to spend some time on thinking how God leads us, how he shows us, how he tells us, what we are called to do in that kingdom. I love this verse in Psalm 32. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I won't put a rope around you. I won't put a bit between your mouth. I won't coerce you. I won't demand from you. But I will counsel you with a loving eye. I will speak to you and I will show you the ways that you're going to go. It's beautiful, isn't it? I don't have a father and a God who, you know, just demands that I do this. I have a father and a God who wants me to enter into a relationship with him where he will speak to me and tell me the things that I need to know. It's amazing. It blows my mind. 
And recently I had um, the privilege of reading a, a wonderful story about Roman history. Now, before you think I'm a nerd and I'm a real historian, I'm not really. It just so happens I was listening to a talk and the guy told the story. So there you go, I'm stealing somebody's story. Um, but it was a story of the Romans and how um, whenever the Romans invaded a land, they um, cap took captive all of the things that the locals owned. So basically they took their houses, they took their treasures, but they also took their livestock. And this particular day there was a Roman guard and uh, he was uh, on guard around some livestock pens. And this young nine-year-old Jewish boy came up to him and he said to him, that sheep pen over there. And there was a sheep pen that he was guarding and had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sheep in it. And he said to the guard, you took my 112 sheep and I want them back. And the guard began to laugh, you know, this nine-year-old boy stepping up to him. And the guard says, please, don't be so silly. How could you possibly know your 112 sheep? There are hundreds and hundreds of them there. And anyway, they don't belong to you anymore. They belong to us. They're ours now. So the nine-year-old boy wasn't forgiven up and he was persistent. And he said to the guard, I tell you what, I'll cut you a deal. Let me go to the sheep pen and call my sheep. And if my sheep, all 112 come, then you have to let me take them home. So the little boy went up to the gate of the, the sheep pen and he pulled out a whistle from behind his pocket and he began to play some music. And as the sheep had their heads down in their feed, one by one the sheep started to lift their heads and started to walk towards the sound of the whistle. And as they came, the young boy counted them, one, two, three, and he got to exactly 112. His 112 sheep surrounded him. And he turned confidently to the guard and he said to the guard, you tell the Romans that I'm taking my sheep home. And he walked off with the sheep. Now you've probably all guessed the wonderful story that that, in the Bible, in Matthew, that that reminds me of. When, God, when Jesus told the story of him being the good shepherd. And this beautiful verse that is timeless and never ceases to sort of speak to my heart. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. God speaks to us today. Would you agree with me? God speaks to us today. And we could spend lots of time looking through different ways. How he speaks to us through the Bible. How he speaks to us through prophecy. Um, how he speaks to us through fellow believers. But this morning I want to focus on just one area. And those who are in my life group, um, you know, I'm not going to say switch off because you'll get something different. But we, we, we look, explored this at life group on Wednesday night. I want to focus on how God whispers directly to you. In your everyday life, whether it's through feelings or impressions, whether it's through thoughts or whether he uses objects that are around you and signs around you, or maybe even an audible voice that you hear. I personally haven't heard an audible voice, but I have friends who actually hear an audible voice when God's whispering to them. From those small prompts that he gives you every day to say hello to someone, to speak to someone, to introduce yourself to the new neighbor, to much bigger decisions that he whispers in that are more high cost, high risk, and take a bit more prayer and thought. I want to look at the ways also that we can learn to confirm and be confident that it's God speaking into our lives. 
that it's actually his voice that hears. Because for me personally, I think when we're confident and we learn how to do that, we're more confident about actually doing the other part, which I'm gonna lead on to. And that's what happens in God's kingdom when we heed those whispers. When we actually say, yes, I will do what you're asking me to do. I've been challenged a lot lately um, in God speaking to me. Um, about the unseen realities of his kingdom here on earth and what that means. So I'm going to say that the unseen realities of his kingdom are all around us every day. What do I mean by that? Lives that God is pursuing, circumstances that he's changing, hearts that he's seeking, communities that he's transforming, cities that he is reclaiming, and countries and nations that he's working. And what I believe is with all my heart that God's voice to his children releases all of these works one whisper at a time when we hear them and when we heed them. Let me tell you a few stories. I love stories. I think stories are so encouraging. And that's what I want to encourage you as our church family. Come and share your stories. Share your stories among people. They invigorate, they encourage, and they give people a hope. There was a young woman on a train one day and uh, she was sitting and she was talking to God and she heard a whisper. Not a big long whisper, just a few words. And God said to her, serve the poor. Now that whisper cost her a lot. It was a very high cost whisper. But she heeded it. And because she heeded it, Lives of millions of poverty-stricken people and communities across the world were changed. That girl later became Mother Teresa. It's an amazing story, reader's story. It's, it's amazing where she came from. Or let me tell you another story. The father of a pastor in America, one of the biggest churches in America, and one day, um, somebody came into his office asking for help um, in funding this kids' camp thing. And he was quite a wealthy man, and he decided to help. But as he was giving the guy the money, he felt God whisper in his ear, nothing major, nothing serious, send your middle son to that camp. Just send your middle son to that camp. He obeyed, and he sent his middle son to that camp. Four years later, at 17 years old, his middle son met Jesus for the first time. He consequently went on to start one of the largest churches in America today with over 20,000 people going to it, where they have community programs that outreach to those who are in need in their community, where they're transforming lives, where the kingdom is being sown, where the kingdom is becoming a reality in people's lives. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing, all from a whisper. Or let's bring it closer to home. My good looking husband down the back there. I'm biased, I know, but he is. <laughs> and one day he was standing, some of you will heard this story if you're around with us um, for a while. He was in the post office in Carrick and felt God tell him, the chap behind him in the queue, that he was to give the chap a 10 point note, okay? Now, Steve went, right, okay, 10 pound. Why, why 10 pound? You know, 10 pound's not going to get you very far in this. Uh, it has to be 10 pound. Are you sure it's 10 pound? And he had this debate with God. Are you sure it's 10 pound? 
Yes, it's 10 pounds. So he got the courage up and he turned to the guy behind him and he said, listen, you may think I'm a bit crazy, but you know, I love Jesus and he's just told me to give you 10 pounds. And the guy started to break down and was able to share with Stephen that he was just about to spend his last 10 pounds on electricity for the house. He had no other money, but was about to put his last 10 pounds on electricity in the house. That guy was able to share his sad story of circumstances that he was going through. What was Steve able to do? He was able to pray with him. He was able to show him that the Father loves him. He was able to show him that the Father knew his circumstances. The guy didn't know God. He'd never you know, really heard much about him, but he did that day. He walked away having a, soul, having a seed for the kingdom sown in him. All because of a whisper in the air. You see, are you with me? Do you see the importance of whispers? That when we heed those whispers, the unseen ways of God, those unseen realities, slowly one step at a time become realities that you can see and that you can hear. Because the kingdom that we can't see with our human eyes when we look at it becomes a reality in those circumstances. And God, in all his grace, in all his mercy, gives us whispers of invitation. To step up, to follow him, to hear his voice, and then to act. And oh my word, what can happen? It's exciting. Are you excited, church? It's exciting. It's hard to imagine what could possibly grow from us hearing a whisper to leave a dinner into our new neighbor, isn't it? Or to invite that new guy who's just started in work, who seems all clumsy and it's really hard to get to know, out for an after-dinner drink. Or the mom at the school gates who doesn't drive and it's pouring with rain and you offer a lift home. Those whispers come from God to you every single day, I believe. What, from a kingdom perspective, God can do from a whisper for me is extraordinary. It's what drives me, it's what accelerates me in my Christian life. It's so amazing that he can take the ordinary little small things that seem insignificant to us and he can bring them all together to this web of the most extraordinary, isn't it? And what do whispers do? I think it's really important for us to learn what whispers do. They call you. They call you out of a safe zone. They call you into an adventure of building his kingdom. And it can be a work that's hard. But I can promise you one thing. It's a work that's thrilling. It's a work that's invigorating. It's adventurous. You won't be bored. <laughs> I guarantee that. There's other things as whispers do. They protect you. If you think back to Jesus when he was being tempted, what did he do? Quoted the words of his father, didn't he? And when you're in that place where you're deciding, is this road right, is this right, or what is, is this good for me? Those whispers that God brings to your ear are protection. They're protection from something that is not in his plan, that is not gonna help you in your walk with him. And they're so important for you to hear. They also equip you, 
They equip you with what you need. I wholly believe that God whispers in my ear all the time with the things that I need in different circumstances, in different conversations, and in different places. And here's a really important one. If you hear and you listen for God's whispers, they can build you up. They can comfort you in times of despair. They're precious. They're amazing. I love this quote. Bill Howells wrote this book um, called The, uh, the Power of Whisper. Um, I would really recommend it. It's a great book. I've just, uh, just started it. and uh, I'm not particularly a, great reader, a fast reader, but I'm on chapter four already. Um, and it, it's, it's a really amazing book. And this is how he explains how whispers from God have carried him through his whole life. I'm going to read it out. Without a hint of exaggeration, I can boldly declare that God's low-volume whispers have saved me from a life of sheer boredom, of self-destruction. They have redirected my path. They have rescued me from temptation. They have re-energized me during some of my deepest moments of despair. They inspire me to live a life at what boaters call wide open throttle full on. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. Sometimes whispers that we hear can be a higher cost, can't they? Can be a higher cost than some of the things that I've chatted about there, about you know maybe going and saying hello or or um, leaving a dinner in for a neighbour, and um, and sometimes higher cost like whispers need a little bit more. Um, deliberation before God as we'll say but there are many times when God's whispers um, where he's asking us to offer someone a simple prayer or he's asking us to simply say hello those are times when to be honest do we need to seek a lot of clarity from God no not really does it ever hurt to pray for someone no does it ever hurt to be friendly and say hello no it doesn't but what about those bigger whispers how do we build a confidence that it's from him? Because with that confidence, it gives us the ability to go on and heed the whisper. If we don't have a confidence that it's truly God that we're hearing. So I don't know about you guys, um, but when I hear something from God, sometimes I go, is it, is it, is it, is it not, is it, is it, and I'll go back and forth that many times they actually forget the whisper. Does it happen to anybody else? Am I on my own? And I argue with myself that much that I actually forget what he originally said. Um, what I want to do sort of for the next bit of time is I want to look at five simple filters. So I've kind of sown the seeds of what whispers and how important they are and how they transform people's lives. But how do we actually discern, yes, this is God that's whispering in my ear. This is God who's put this thought in my head. This is God who's putting this impression in my life. How do we actually discern that? There are five of them, and I just simply want to go through some of them um, and, and chat with you about them. Now, there are some cases, like things that I've just mentioned, like you know, feeling prompted to go and say hello. You know, we're not really going to put those through very many filters, are we? Um, but then other things that are much more important decisions in our lives that we may put through one or two of these filters, or we may go right through to the very end. It very much depends on what it is you're hearing God saying. So the first one is really pretty common sense, but I say, I have to admit, whenever I kind of looked at it, I kind of thought, oh Flip, I don't really do that. I, I kind of him and ha. But do I actually say, sit down and go, God, is this from you? 
Simple question. Is it from you? Does it line up with the God who I, who I know God to be? Now, there's the crucial question. Because for these to work, you need to know who your father is. Don't you? You need to know his character. You need to know the things that he would do, the things that he wouldn't do, the things that would fly in the face of who God is. And if we hear something that does that, that flies in the face of who God is, that goes totally against his character, then it's a red flag, guys. It's a red flag. It's probably not from him. But if we're not sure, and maybe, you know, we're, I think it's from God, I feel it's from God, then maybe it's an amber flag and maybe you need to go on to the next filter. filter. And you can see it up there. It's, is it scriptural? Is it scriptural? Scripture is the God-breathed living word which reveals the mind of God. It is our marker. Anything you hear that is inconsistent with the teaching of scripture, that's at odds with the truths of scripture, then it's a red flag, it's not from God. I don't believe that God whispers to his children things that rebuke scripture. It just doesn't happen, okay? Is there any scripture that can help you with the decision? Is there something that, that, that will point to it? And if there's not, that there's no scripture that displaces it or confirms it, what do we do? Well, we then move on through the next sort of couple of filters. This one's really important to me. Is it wise? God tells us to seek wisdom. Throughout his Bible, he tells us to seek wisdom. Why am I so passionate about this? Because over many years, I have seen people make unwise decisions. Albeit from good intentions, albeit from a right place of heart, but decisions that have ended up causing a lot of pain and problems simply because the decision was unwise. I believe that God has given us wisdom. I believe that he's given us it in scripture. I believe he's given you it in your mind. I believe he's given you it through the power of the Holy Spirit and discernment. I don't believe that we ask enough for it. I don't believe that we access it enough and I don't believe that we apply it enough. And I really passionately believe it's something that we should pursue. So it's a question to be asked whenever God is whispering to you and speaking to you. Is this thing that I'm being asked to do, is it wise? You'll see the fourth one there. It's pretty good that we're not all the same, isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty good that we're not. I certainly couldn't go off cycling 100. How many miles did Paul do? 111 miles. Oh my word. Um, no, I couldn't do it. So we're all different. God has wired us up all differently, hasn't he? He's given us different abilities, different talents, um, different ways that we do things. And I believe that God whispers to us is usually consistent with how he's wired us. Now, before you all shout at me, and I know there are many times and many stories in the Bible where God miraculously changes people's talents, abilities, and all that kind of thing for a specific purpose. And I totally believe that my God has the ability to do that. But... I believe that God created us individually, that he created the way you are wired, the way you respond, the way you do things, the, the emotions and everything that you have in you, he created them individually and lovingly. I don't believe that God takes you as a round shape and tries to force you into a square receiver. I just don't believe it. I believe that he uses who you are for his kingdom purposes just the way you are. And so 
His whispers and what he says to us is often consistent with who we are wired to be. So, last one. Thank heaven said I'll use. Number five. Well said, Paul. (laughs) Number five. What do the people I trust think about it? That amazing verse in Proverbs 24, for by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in an abundance of counselors there is victory. We were never created to walk this walk alone. We weren't created to be in isolation and to make decisions about the way we walk alone. We have to have the right cast around us. And it's priceless to have that. But here's the thing about gathering the right cast around you. You have a responsibility in that. You have a responsibility to seek wisdom, to seek out the people that are going to actually seek God in this council, that are actually going to be able to speak to you the truth of what God says to them and not what they think you want to hear. So it's being wise with a part to plan that. Um, I think so often, I know I've been guilty of it and done it when I've been trying to make a decision and I think, which of my friends will I go to to talk about this? And I'll go to the person who I think is going to give me the answer I want. <laughs> I maybe won't go to the person who's, uh, who's going to tell me the truth. But when we're seeking truthfulness in this, that's what we need to do. We need to go to the person who um, is going to speak to us the truth and love. So, some simple filters that you can practically apply to be confident that you're hearing and knowing God's whispers. But I want to sort of come in to finish and I want to ask you a question. Each person individually, I want to ask you a question. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear? Because it's a choice. Just like my teenagers have a choice as to whether they hear me whenever I'm dishing out the chores and demanding rooms to be tidied, it's a choice to hear. And we can choose to blind out God's voice. We can choose to ignore his whispers. How do we do that? Life is busy. I have no time. I have constant noise and thoughts in my head. I stand before you and I wholly believe that it's not that God doesn't speak to you. It's I think we have got away from learning to be still and know his voice and his whispers. When we choose to intentionally be still and know that he is God, then we begin to do this intentionally and we grow in this discipline and it becomes a natural occurrence rather than sometimes the odd time, maybe if. In Rockets, we are teaching, any parents here, we are passionately teaching your children to be supernaturally natural. That the things of God and the, the, the supernatural works of the Spirit to them are natural in their everyday life. That healing you've just heard and going confidently after that healing to our children and rockets will be very natural to them. That's what I want for you guys. 
when I prepared this message and God laid it on my heart, that's what he told me he wanted. He's seeking each and every one of you to hear the whispers that he sent to you in your everyday life. He wants you to lean your ear to his lips. Hearing God's whispers is probably one of the most extraordinary privileges in all of life. But here's the thing. It's potentially the most transforming dynamic in your Christian life. Because when we hear it and we heed it, another piece of the kingdom is released. Another part of the Father's plan comes into place. Guys, when people hear from heaven, they're rarely the same again. When that sovereign God chooses to communicate with someone, whether they're 8, 80, 88, I don't care. Whether they know God or whether they don't and they hear God through you, through the whispers that you've heeded, their worlds are rocked and their lives will never be the same. So what was my aim of this morning? What I want to encourage you to do be still. Be quiet, the ambience of your life. And I have a wise young friend who's a young Christian and actually put me in my place in this area a while ago when I actually said to her, oh, I've got a wild week next week. I haven't got a minute to myself. It's chaos. It's a nightmare. And she quickly said to me, it takes you an hour in the car to get to work. I said, yeah. There's your quiet. There's your quiet. Turn the radio down. Be still and know that I am God. Bill Hybels has been a bit of an inspiration to me in this end. And he tells this beautiful story of how a school teacher, when he was in primary school, sowed the seed of hearing God's whispers into his life. And she told the story of Samuel and Eli. And uh, he just it captured his heart. And he went up to the teacher and he said, really, does God speak to little boys? And she said, yes, he does. Truly, he does. And she gave him this poem. And he took it home that night and he memorized it. And he speaks it through his whole life. And he tells wonderful stories of how whispers from God every day has transformed his life and people around him. And it's old-fashioned language, but it is so beautiful. Oh, give me Samuel's ear, an open ear, O oh Lord, alive and quick to hear each whisper of thy word. Like him to answer thy call and to Obey thee first of all. Worship team, can I just ask you to come up if Andy would come up? When I prayed about this morning, and I was preparing this morning, and I said to the Father, what do you want to do? 
whisper in my ear what you want to do. And he just said these words. For all of you, not just for me. Be still and know that I am God. Would you stand with me? Can I ask you just to close your eyes? I'm not going to talk anymore once I've finished this. I'm just going to be still. And I'm going to ask you to do the same. I'm just going to ask you to be still in God's presence and answer that question that I posed to you. Do you want to hear?